Improving SEO and getting people to visit your website is only half of the puzzle. Once they get there, you want to make sure they convert. Increasing conversion rate should be a priority for your website to ensure you get the most value from the traffic you're receiving. We'll outline the conversion optimization tools that will help you identify where you may be losing visitors. These are the tools you'll want to leverage to improve conversion rates. And now it's time for some more DIY SEO tips with Jennifer Rogina. First are heat maps. Heat maps visually indicate where your website visitors move their mouse, click, and scroll. Mouse movement is a good indicator of where people are looking. Often, where the mouse goes is where the eyes go. Viewing clicks and scroll data can help you decide how to optimize your page layout. The data allows you to understand what people see and where they click. Is your primary call to action visible in the area the majority of people see? Do people have to scroll to see your call to action? If so, what percentage of people are doing that? Look where people are clicking too. Are they clicking on an element that isn't clickable? This means they probably want some more information on the topic. Either add the information to this page or create a new page and add a link where people are already clicking. This data allows you to rearrange your pages and format them in a manner that makes the most sense for your website visitors. The tool I use to view this data is Hotjar. They provide heat maps for mouse movement, clicks, and scrolls. They separate the heat maps by desktop, tablet, and mobile too. Hotjar also includes many other features which are useful conversion optimization tools. A few of those will be discussed later in this podcast. If you'd rather use a standalone heat map tool, Crazy Egg is a great choice. Crazy Egg allows you to see click and scroll heat maps as well as what they refer to as a confetti map. The confetti map allows you to color code the clicks based on parameters such as the referring site, time of day, day of week, and new versus returning. It's a helpful way to determine how a particular segment behaves. And I'll add links to these tools as well as any other tools that we discuss in this article in the full article. So just click the link in the show notes and then view the full article and you'll be able to get links to all of the tools that we're going to discuss. Next is browser testing. So verifying that your site runs properly across all popular browsers will save your website visitors a lot of headache. If you only test in one browser, it's possible that there's an equally popular browser where your main call to action doesn't work properly. If there's a functionality issue with your site, the majority of people will just leave and find a different site. The few people that remain will become frustrated and annoyed. Before you start reviewing your website on different browsers, check to see what the most popular browser and screen resolutions are for your website visitors. You can do this by reviewing your Google Analytics data. You can determine which browsers are the most popular by going to Audience, Technology, and Browser and OS. And in that same report, you can adjust the primary dimension to screen resolution. That way you can view the most popular screen resolutions as well. And once you have this data, you'll be able to confirm the specific browsers and resolutions that the majority of your website visitors view and you can make sure that they look and function as expected. To check how your site looks in different browsers, the best way to do it is to open up those various browsers and take a look. If you need to test on a browser that you don't have access to, you can leverage a paid tool such as cross-browser testing. With cross-browser testing, you can check compatibility with different browsers and operating systems. 
You can either do a live test where you can navigate your website or get snapshots of all the popular browser and OS configurations for a particular URL. There are a few options to check various screen resolutions. If you already have the paid cross-browser testing tool that we just discussed, you can use that. Otherwise, there are a few free options. You can test screen resolutions directly in Google Chrome. Just visit the page you want to test and then right-click and select Inspect. Then either click the Toggle Device Toolbar icon or press Ctrl-Shift-M. At the top of that interface, you'll be able to select a device from the dropdown or input a custom resolution. You can also use Responsinator or ScreenFly to view screen resolutions. In both, you just enter in the URL you'd like to review and then just scroll down and it displays the page in several different resolutions. Next is user testing. It's important to ask real people what they think. Test your assumptions and make iterative changes based on your community. There are a variety of user testing tools that you can leverage to make it easy to communicate with people. We'll go over some of the popular tools, but regardless of the tool you use, there are a few principles that you should be aware of. First is provide specific tasks. You aren't looking for people to give their opinions. Instead, you want to observe how website visitors perform a particular action. Then you can decide if that matches your assumptions or how you can improve the experience. A task can range from using the internal site search to registering for the product. You can ask people to gauge their initial impressions. You can have them explain what they think the product is that you sell just based on your homepage or find out if they trust your website and believe it's secure. Also, when performing user tests, you don't need to stop at your own website. You can use the user testing tool for competitor research. There are no domain limitations, so you can conduct reviews of competitor sites too. On any user test, you wanna review at least three to five people to get useful results. Any less than that, and it's harder to identify patterns and changes that will have a large impact. If you have the budget and time, more data or more tests can be helpful. So usertesting.com and TryMyUI are robust tools that allow you to structure a user test for their users to perform. Usertesting.com is pricey, so you'll want to make sure you have a large marketing budget and time dedicated to review tests and implement changes. TryMyUI is a nice alternative to get started with a smaller budget. The videos you receive back from these tools are about 15 minutes long, and you also receive short text responses. Usability Hub is a great choice to do user testing with almost no money. You could perform a test for as low as a dollar per user. The interface is not as robust as the previously mentioned tools, though. Instead of watching how users navigate your site, they view an image you've uploaded for them to answer specific questions. These tasks take about two minutes and you receive back just text answers. If you specifically want to test your navigation or website hierarchy, check out Optimal Workshop. Their TreeJack and Optimal Sort tools can help provide insight as to what structure makes the most sense to your users. And if you want to perform user tests using your own community, you can use Hotjar to recruit testers. Then you can use the tools that we just went over to capture the test with your own audience instead of theirs. Okay, next is user feedback. Ask for feedback from visitors that are on your site or have previously converted. You can do this with polls and surveys. 
Feedback polls can be placed on particular pages or appear after a certain amount of time. You can use them to ask questions about the user's hesitation, like what is preventing you from purchasing, or inquire about what led to a recent conversion. What made you decide to buy? Surveys can be used similarly to polls. After a user converts, you can send them a survey to better understand what influenced their decision. You can also ask what the primary benefit was that they received from your product. Learning the biggest benefit from the customer's perspective can help you shape your marketing text into highlighting customer benefits. You can also survey users that abandoned their cart and didn't convert. This is a good way to identify some customer pain points and hopefully identify ways to overcome them. As far as tools go, Qualaroo specializes in feedback polls and SurveyMonkey specializes in surveys. They're both great tools. As another option, I like to use Hotjar. Hotjar offers both feedback polls and surveys as part of their conversion optimization tools. Next are visitor recordings. So you can record actual site visitors to see how they use your site. These videos can help you identify usability issues. You won't be able to hear the user and understand the thought process like you would with a user test, but you'll gain valuable insight by watching real visitors. There are a number of tools you can use for this. Clicktail is a nice robust tool that you can use to capture visitor recordings, but it also has a hefty price tag. If money is no issue, then Clicktail is a great tool to use. If you're looking for something more cost efficient, both Session Cam and Hotjar are great choices. Okay, and then lastly is split testing. So split testing is when you have two or more variations of your site live at the same time and gather data to determine which variation converts higher. The variation can be as small as one button on one page to as large as an entire brand overhaul across the entire site. Running split tests on your site removes any doubt about which image, button, headline, or any other variable performs best. There are a few different tools that you can use to perform split tests. My favorite split testing tool is Google Optimize. Google Optimize allows you to run split tests without involving a programmer. You can edit or rearrange text and images. You can manipulate your site in order to create test variations without any coding knowledge required. Once you start the test, you'll have graphs and data for each goal you've set. Goals are easily selected from your Google Analytics account. You'll be able to review data both in Google Optimize and Google Analytics. This data can help determine a winner or understand why a test failed. Google Optimize is available for free. If you have a budget, there are other split testing tools that are worth considering. Optimizely and VWO are both great options. And regardless of which tool you choose, remember, don't end your split test until your results are statistically significant. Google Optimize will notify you when you've reached a statistical significance, but you still need to make sure your sample size is large enough. For your results to be most accurate, you'll want to run the test for a minimum of one week. Only stop the test in full week increments so the data isn't skewed due to traffic inconsistencies based on the day. You'll want to run tests for a maximum of four to six weeks because users start to delete cookies after that range and your results will begin to deteriorate. If your website doesn't convert at least 500 visitors per month, it will be difficult for you to reach a statistical significance. To optimize a site with low traffic, just use the other tools that we already mentioned instead. 
Make changes based on them until your traffic is large enough to run split tests. And remember, as you come across new test ideas, always document them so you can prioritize split test ideas easily. Even if you don't have enough traffic to test now, you'll want to implement these tests soon. Thanks for listening, and if you enjoyed this, please subscribe. This episode was brought to you by ClearPath Online, a DIY SEO tool for your website.